You're listening to Special Programming, sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. And as always, I'd like to make a few announcements and express condolences, certainly to my family, the Wilson family, on the loss of Aunt Dorothy, who uh, recently transitioned. Uh, she was uh, my dad's uh, sister. And I can tell you that uh, in, in terms of service, the service will be private, just so everyone knows. That's from her daughter, Miss Hill. Additionally, um, to our neighbors, Glenn Alexander, we express our regards to him and his family on the loss of his wife, Brenda. Services are pending. Uh, I must tell you, they were a fun couple to be around, and you talk about could dance. They could outdance me and Marsha, in fact, but certainly uh, we'll miss Brenda. EDI lost a dedicated and loyal member last week, Chief Nicholas Nick Russell, a retired Chicago Fire uh, chief officer, board member, friend, colleague. His commitment to the Carl Holmes Executive Development Institute will not be forgotten. Rest in heaven, my brother. We will miss you. Uh, shout out to my grandson, Kyron Armigan. He finished a run with the uh, Lion King play uh, this past weekend. Outstanding job. We appreciate you for taking that on. He's a, he's a good little actor. And then congrats to our grandson, K.J. Herndon, as his basketball team won a local basketball tournament. So kudos to you. And uh, uh, as far as uh, condolences, certainly would be remiss if I didn't say something about Bill Russell, basketball player, great man, as well as a civil rights activist. And then Miss Nichols, who was uh, the first African-American woman on TV, uh, Star Chat, great. Uh, and then finally, this month, our Firstborn April's birthday. So happy birthday, April. We love you and uh, wish you well as you grow old like your mom and your dad. Once again, this is Dave Washington. I'm the host. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. Our first guest will be coming up shortly here, Mr. Lopez. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good, uh, Mr. Washington. Thank you so much. I appreciate this opportunity Absolutely. to well, look, uh, be we on your show. Thank you. Sure. You're very, very welcome. I know that you're a veteran. Could you tell us what branch you served in and how long? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, um, um, I, I followed my father's footsteps. Um, I joined the Air Force, though. My dad did uh, 27 years in the Army, uh, three years reserved for a total of 30. He served from 1955 to 1986. Mm -hmm. And so he told me to work smarter, not harder, so he convinced me to go in the Air Force. <laughs> so <laughs> I served from 1982 to 2003 and retired at Nellis Air Force Base in 2003. Cool. You know, I, uh, I recall hearing a general speak one time, and he said we were one of the few 
branches that sent our officers into the war zone in the plains, of course, and the enlisted men stay back. I'm like, okay. So, um, so you, you completed your service here at Nellis? Yes, sir, I did. Uh, I was fortunate enough to retire at Nellis in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, after retirement, uh, I went into the uh, public sector and um, continuing my profession as a law enforcement officer, starting off with the uh, 8th Judicial District Court as a court officer, and then transitioned in 2006 with the city of North Las Vegas as a deputy city marshal and been employed uh, since then, still doing that job to my community. So so when in the military, you were military police? Did you yes, sir. Okay. Um, I, I was, uh, uh, Mr. David. Well, mm-hmm. I, look, uh, I'm going to call you Papa David. That's what I'm used to calling <laughs> yeah, go you. Ahead, go so ahead, man. Just make, let everybody know yeah, that I call Mr. That Washington I, Papa David. Yeah, so, but yeah, yes, sir. Yeah that, I, uh, yeah, that he's old. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, sir. No problem. Yes, sir. But, uh, yeah, I had a dual AFSC. I was law enforcement officer and also had another AFSC. Uh, which means Air Force Specialty Code. That's mm-hmm. what AFSC means, and uh, which was logistics. So I had those jobs and, uh, until I retired in '03, and uh, I just I love every bit of my service to the country and my community where I was stationed, and uh, I also had my stint with Desert Storm uh, slash Gulf War. We mm-hmm. we spent four months over there as well. Okay, so in the community where you reside. What kind of activities do you participate or do you participate or are you involved in community activities where you reside? Oh, yes. Um, Currently, I've been living in North Las Vegas since 2002. I love my city. Been there. uh, Worked there, like I said, as a deputy city marshal Mm -hmm. and still am. And throughout my travels in my community, uh, I'm a member with the um, uh, Disabled Veterans Uh, association, the DAVs, I've been a lifetime member with them. I'm also uh, a member with the uh, National Constables and Mm. Marshals Association. And I'm also a member of Victory uh, Missionary Baptist Church, been a member there since 2002, uh, and then been ordained as a deacon in 2019. I say all this to share that throughout my travels of doing law enforcement, Mm -hmm. I mentor to some of the veterans that I come in contact with and some of these veterans need just a, uh, a ear to listen to, right. uh, to hear them, and then give them information. So mm-hmm. I share information with them about going to uh, the VA, which is located, you know, on uh, Pecos mm-hmm. at 6900 North Pecos Road, and try to give them information and get them in the right direction to assist them uh, for their needs that they may not be aware of. Excellent. Well, this is one of the, the responsibilities I. I kind of brought myself to with regards to this particular show, Veterans Affairs Plus. So that group that you mentioned that you're a part of, uh, we'll talk offline sometime because I'd like to get whoever the president president is of that organization to to be on the show sometime in the near future because, again, here to help. And uh, finally, would you tell me, is there any particular issue that you think is important for the community in which you reside? And then we'll ask for any closing remarks. Yes, uh, this is a twofold question, especially, first of all, if you're a member of North Las Vegas, or if you're not, but this just goes out there, everyone, and you're, uh, or I should say citizen, and you've been a veteran, um, reach out 
to uh, your local officials. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Mr. David Washington's Veterans Affairs Show, which is so important for our community, and let people know that you need services. Uh, if you have your DD Form 214, that's definitely going to help you to get services as far as medical, education, and other things that the VA can do for you. If you can't find your DD Form 214 that shows that you did serve in one of the branches of the service, I would suggest that you go up to our VA, which is located at 6900 North Pecos Road. Come up there with some form of identification, and uh, they can assist you with trying to get you some uh, services that you may not be aware of. Excellent. We have one minute to go. Would you like to share some closing remarks? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm a proud veteran. Um, I thank goodness for your show, Veterans Affairs. It's a wonderful opportunity for people to get information that they not, may not be aware of. And as uh, modest as Mr. David Washington is, him and I had the opportunity to mentor to some kids at our church at Victory. And uh, Mr. Washington was able to give his story about being the fire chief here in Las Vegas. And I was able to speak with the kids, too, and let them know uh, what they do in case they come in contact with law enforcement. So Mm -hmm. people that come in contact with you and your show get valuable information that can assist them within the community. I love my community. I'm proud to be a deputy city marshal. And uh, people will see me here in November soon. And uh, Papa Washington, I can't thank you enough for this opportunity, man. Thank you. You say see you in November? Yeah, see me in November. I, uh, I plan to be the constable for the city of North Las Vegas. So okay. we're going we're gonna to see what the voters say in November. <laughs> Absolutely, Will. Good luck to you. May God bless you in that, that regard. Thank take you care. so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank all you right. for this opportunity, Mr. Washington. Sure. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. Once again, good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Our next two guests are authors. We have Mr. Roosevelt Tostin, Miss Angel Washington. So, Roosevelt, you are a veteran, right? I am a veteran, yes. I uh, served in the uh, United States Army uh, two years, and I finished at a Specialist 4. Specialist 4. That's that was my rank as well. Look, uh, again, you guys being authors, Angel, would you tell us who you work for and what capacity? Um, I work for the city of North Las Vegas, um, but I work for the North Las Vegas Police Department. I'm a crime prevention specialist there. Oh, okay. All right. Question to both of you, and we'll have you go first, Roosevelt. What inspires you to write? Well, I think rather than what it inspired me, it's really who inspired me. And I would say that the answer to that is the almighty God inspired me, because I think at my advanced age, uh, there's something in the Bible that says idle hands are the devil's workshop. So (laughs) it's it's my belief that uh, he wants to keep me busy by giving me these books to write. Mm, Okay, excellent. Angel, you have a new book. Tell us a little bit about it. I do. My newest book is actually the fourth installment of my Always Remember You Are Loved series, and it's called From Darkness to Light. 
And what that book is, is a compilation of strategies, testimonials, poetry, and journaling um, meant to achieve mental and emotional health and wellness. Is it pointed toward a particular age group or or is there a particular audience at all? Um, actually, the Always Remember You Are Loved book series started specifically um, with children, although it kind of sp- uh, spans all age ranges. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular book is meant for an older demographic, although it could be read to and um, start com- uh, communication and conversations with a younger generation as well. But it is geared more towards the teen and young adult demographic, but it spans ac- across all age ranges. Yeah, you know, one of the biggest, well, not the biggest, but a big thing that's occurring in our community now, nationwide and possibly worldwide, is uh, young folks uh, committing suicide for various reasons. Mm -hmm. And COVID really um, kind of made that increase, or at least so that, you know, when we look at social media and what the media itself um, is recording, we, mm-hmm. we saw a lot more of it due to COVID, due to people being, you know, stuck at home, um, right. dealing with our, what are already difficult situations, but not being able to have an escape from that, which is why um, that kind of pressed me forward to get this book out, mm-hmm. because I know so many people um, need something positive and something to kind of uh, aid them in that, that fight that right. they're having with emotional um, and mental uh, illness. Sure. Now, Roosevelt, yours is on a little bit lighter note. Could you kind of give us the title and give us a, a rundown on how that came about? Yes, David, uh, this is my sixth book, and this particular book is entitled Nicknames, <laughs> The H- Hilarious Backstories. Uh, I grew up in uh, in the Deep South, as I think you did, and mm-hmm. I was intrigued by some of the nicknames that I heard uh, from different people, and I thought, you know, let's look into the background of those nicknames. How did they get the nickname Rabbit, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kitten, Barracuda? <laughs> and I thought that uh, there would be some interesting stories there, so I reached out to people and found out uh, what their story was, and so I decided to write that book, and mm-hmm. uh, it's doing very well. And you say this is number six for you? I didn't realize that. I'm, I'm thinking this is your second book, and this is number six Actually, for you. <laughs> yeah, it's number six, mm. uh, uh, David, and it's been a great ride. You know, what's, what's, what's interesting, I know me and you talked, because I've written one book and got another one, been in the hopper for six years. about. <laughs> and, <laughs> and one thing you told me, and, and I recall it, and did do some further research, the most read books are, a hundred pages or less somewhere around in there. Cause otherwise, and I, and I, I can only speak to my own experience. I have several books that I've started. I'm talking about three and 400 pages. I may be at page 100, but very interesting concept to, to go shorter versions of, of whatever you're writing about. And people generally, as they say from research, will, will read the whole book. So please tell us, are there any, uh, book signing events that you guys may be involved in the, in the near future? And if not, why not? And maybe we should consider putting something together. Oh, sure. Um, I am in the stages of um, 
putting something together, but because I have something else on my plate that I got to get past first that I will be attending, which is um, a conference for teen girls. Mm-hmm. Um, once I get that out of the way, I will be, you know, putting forth some kind of announcement as to um, some kind of a book signing event that I that I intend to have. Mm-hmm. Great, Roosevelt. Yeah, I um, actually had a couple of book signings already. I um, had a family reunion uh, recently in in Maryland, and I followed that with a school reunion. And so I sort of had a built-in audience, and uh, I did very well at those uh, those book signings. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything set up locally, uh, but I would be open to joining uh, uh, other authors. If, uh, if we can get something on, I would love that. Yeah, I think we should consider that because I think one thing for me is when I saw other people write and, and you know, studies say that we all have at least one book in us. And I think that, again, I, I tell people it's not about you so much. It's about different experiences that you can share with others, particularly in my case. My book had dealt with my journey to becoming fire chief. And when I was putting it together, my, my uh, editor wanted me to do something, do a training manual. I said, I'm not trying to train anybody, but I want them to know the experience that I went through and those pitfalls as well as those folks, black and white, male and female, who assisted me in my journey to becoming uh, the fire chief for the city of Las Vegas Fire and Rescue. So that was that's so important. And I, I know a number of people who have books laid out and, will, and, and just have not completed them for whatever reason. And I'm going to keep encouraging because, in fact, Brenda Williams, Faye Daniel, people you know, these are people who pushed me when I told them I was going to write a book. And and I finally got it done. So um, from each book too, I read it. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, sir. Uh, Closing remarks from you guys, Angel. You want to go first, please. Um, I just think it's very important um, to encourage young people who feel deprived of love. And I wanted to reassure them that they are loved, especially when that love doesn't come from people in which you know, it should be expected, right? So that was the purpose in me, uh, or for me to write um, the Always Remember You Are Love book series. And like you said, everybody has a story in them. Everybody has something to share or a story to tell. And I just feel like you also have a way of encouraging people when you put things into words. And that's my purpose. I believe that that is my reason for living. I believe that is the God that gift wanted me, uh, that the gift that God wanted me to share with others. And that's the reason why I do it. I, I believe as your, as your daughter has stated that it is important. And as you stated earlier, that everyone has a story. And I think it's important that, you know, you share that if nothing else, uh, so that your uh, your siblings, your I mean your uh, offspring, and mm-hmm. your, the future generation can really learn a little bit about your history and what you went through, and how they might uh, travel along their journey, and the people that they need to reach out to. Uh, I've had several people since uh, I started writing books. They told me they really wanted to write a book. They didn't know how to mm-hmm. get started, and some have even asked me to try to assist them. But uh, I find that there is quite an interest right now Mm -hmm. in in folks wanting to tell their story, and I encourage it. Absolutely. Well, once again, we appreciate you guys both for being on the show, and we'll have you again sometime in the near future. So thank you very much, and have a 
a great August because this is the August show. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. Good morning once again. This is Dave Washington on Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. We have our final guest for this month on our show, and it's Mr. Frank Hawkins, local businessman. And so, Frank, we're we're pleased to have you on the show, and we've had you on several times. And I know that uh, our listening audience would, would love to have an update on what's going on in your world, particularly as it relates to consumption lounges and that application process, if you can share something that would be uh, helpful to folks out there. Sure. Thank you for having me, and good to be on talking to you and to your listeners. Uh, Last time that we had a conversation, I was talking about the different workshops that the CCB, which is the Cannabis Compliance Board, had been uh, having with the public, trying to get input and keep them informed on the process and progress of the regulations. Since our last conversation, I can tell you that the CCB has approved the regulations which will determine how consumption lounges, how they operate, and through a competitive process, how they are going to be selected. So there are three kinds of licenses. There is the license that if you currently have a dispensary, the state legislature approved that you could have a consumption lounge. It will cost you $100,000. That's the current dispensaries. And you must have as a uh, caveat, you must be able to exit or go upstairs or downstairs or next door to your building without going through another space. So Mm. if you do that, then you qualify uh, as long as you pay uh, the money to the Cannabis Compliance Board, you have the opportunity to operate a consumption lounge. The second license is an independent lounge. That is for people people who cannot uh, operate going through a door above or below their business. And so you may have a consumption lounge I mean, you may have a dispensary and or you may not. So mm-hmm. this is a competitive process mm-hmm. uh, that those folks will uh, compete in. And the last one is the social equity. There are, There's 10 independent uh, lounge licenses, and there will be 10 uh, social equity licenses in the entire state. So some of the good things that came out, they are reducing the cost to apply from 10000 to 2500 The second thing that I think is important is that people who are interested, you should go to the ccb.nv.gov or nv.gov's website and go under industry or go under commissioners, and you can pull up all of the workshops that they've had, mm. all of the information, and you can watch uh, the process as they approve the regulations. Okay. Now, there's two things that are important. The the social equity licenses, which there's 10 for the whole state, mm-hmm. is basically going to be a lottery. So if you, and it's supposed to be for folks who were affected or grew up in low-income census tracts, who worked in low-income census tracts, 
who live in low-income census tracts uh, either as far back as 10, 15 years or as far back as 30, 40 years. So it's going to be a pretty open, I think, uh, process. If, and they are also um, allowing for a lot of the requirements to come after you're elected or selected, selected by, you know, this lottery process. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, competitive uh, consumption lines license will be a lot different. Um, and I do not believe, at least from what I've read, that that is going to be a uh, lottery. So that's the number two where you talked about the independent ones. Yeah, that's the independent license. Okay. Correct. Now, what differs other than the space itself for the first one, you automatically have a right to apply by virtue of be, having a dispensary? Right. Okay. That's, as long as you pay them 100000 That's for us, people who already own dispensary. <laughs> oh, so you own, if you yeah. own a dispensary, mm-hmm. you got to pay 100000 to apply? Yes. And now, it's automatic. But as long as you meet the requirements set forth by the legislature, okay. the biggest requirement, biggest requirement is by a certain date back then you owned your dispensary uh-huh. and that you can access the lounge without going through another facility right. or another building right. that has to be adjacent, right adjacent above uh-huh. or below you. So there, so there's no cap on on that number in terms of that, that yep, first group? Yep, yep. so they... They being the Cannabis Control Board and the legislature mm-hmm. has tried has limited a license, consumption lounge license, to only one entity or individual. So if I had five uh, dispensaries, you would only still get one consumption lounge license. Right. Okay. That to the award process. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can go and buy them, but of course they aren't out yet. But yeah, through the award process, you can only have one. But but through that through that first group, it's pretty wide open to all of you who currently have dispensaries to apply. Yeah, my understanding from being at the meeting is that there there's a group of over sixty dispensaries throughout the entire state okay. that don't have the ability to they don't have space. Right. And in order to get space, they would have to go through, around, or outside of the immediate uh, adjacency, which is required through the regulation. So let me ask you, were, were you forward-thinking when you bought or, or lease or whatever it is for your f- current facility? Were, was you thinking or had they even talked about the possibility of down the line that there would be these, quote-unquote, consumption lounges? Well, you know, uh, we, of course we thought it was going to happen. Um, um yeah, we were forward thinking, and but yes, we had to pay a lot more money. Or you know, it took us when they passed the when we got awarded the mm-hmm. uh, medical license. It took us a year. We paid rent for about a year before we ever opened our doors. Mm. So uh, you know, other people you know had a different model. They got smaller spaces, and therefore you know they can't uh, grow or open a consumption lounge now. Be maybe because of you know, their current environment. Right, right. But they still made, you know, uh, they created the the independent so they could compete in there, even though there's going to be limited license. Great. Frank, we got about two more minutes, and I certainly would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your new location 
and its hours of operations. Yeah, so we, we are proud to say we opened uh, our second uh, dispensary at 9030 West Flamingo. It's called uh, NWC West. Uh, we would love to uh, have folks come over and visit, especially your veterans, uh, and we'll have a little surprise for them. I can't say it over the air. I want to get y'all in trouble. But uh, we have uh, uh, products for medical purposes and uh, to relieve stress and pain. Great. Uh, and besides just being able to buy, you know, the regular uh-huh. law-approved right. marijuana. All right. Well, Frank, we we appreciate you coming back on to update us. And once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and more. Thanks, Brother Hawk. We'll be in touch. To our veterans out there in our listening audience, please remember to contact our service officer, Tony Marshall, at 301-537-9465 should you have any particular need. And also, vets looking for work in the hospitality industry, go to the App Store and download Good Work by Nathan Armagon. With that, we'll talk and speak with you guys next month. Have a great month.